Welcome to Motherhood Exposed. Join me, Zoe Cresswell, mum of two and a UK-trained midwife and doula, as I meet with an array of amazing women navigating life and motherhood. Since becoming a mum for the second time, after my own complex journey, I've become more and more aware that motherhood is so unique. There's no one story the same, and women need support now more than ever. I hope by allowing mothers to openly speak out, we can help to break the silence around many topics. We need to shout out that there is no normal, and that is something we need to embrace. Motherhood isn't always picture perfect, so let's bust some myths, realign expectations, and share the journey together. Hello, I hope you're all well. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood Exposed. Today, I speak to Sarah from the Instagram account at Sarah and Marnie. Sarah talks to me about being told her daughter had Down syndrome during her pregnancy and then life with her gorgeous, now three and a half year old, Marnie, a girl who teaches her every day, a girl who is differently able. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Hi. Yes, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me today. You just told me you had to get the, the frost off the windscreen this morning. So winter's well and truly on its way in the UK, is it? Um, yes, I think I think we've um, finally hit it now. So um, yeah, alarm has to be uh, set for ten out uh, ten minutes earlier now, just to um, get things like that done. The sort of things that we we reminisce about over here, but then actually, I'm sure once we're in it, we'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go back to this. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, I'd like to start the podcast um, with the same question, which is how you met your partner. Are you happy to tell us your story? Yeah, of course. So um, Colin and I met at a New Year's Eve party um, in 2014. Um, I really wasn't feeling the love that particular year because I'd just come out of um, quite a volatile relationship. So when New Year's Eve was coming, I thought, I'm, I'm not really ready to party, but my friend sort of, you know, twisted my arm and said come on it'll be good and uh, I thought yeah let's go for it I'll just go along have a dance have a few drinks see the new year in make sure my taxi's booked for 12 15 yeah. and that's it on my way so so that's what I did I nearly didn't go um because I definitely wasn't feeling it but yeah so went along um and the rest is history as they say that's where we met. Well, and was it like love at first sight, or was, was he? No, <laughs> no. When he when he first when he first asked for my number, I said no um, because um, yeah, he was he wasn't my sort of um, type. As we all have a type, don't we? I wouldn't say he was at that particular time, and I really wasn't sort of looking to get into anything because I'd um, finished the relationship um, in the November that I had been in. So, you know, it was the last thing on my mind. And um, but he he didn't give up. He 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 asked me a little bit later, just before I left, um, if I do Instagram. And I'd only just started doing it at that point. So I said yes. And he said, oh, well, maybe I could follow you on Instagram or you could follow me. And so he gave me his handle and I I said, yeah, okay, I'll I'll look you up. And I didn't think I would, but it was a bit of a sort of getaway sort of um moment. I thought, yeah, that'll 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 um sort of <laughs> be my get out clause. So off I went. So then the next morning I woke up and being um curious like I am, I did look him up. And um 
yeah, I just I just sort of look through his pictures because although Instagram doesn't tell you everything about a person, by looking through what they have on there, it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea. And there was nothing offensive on there, nothing that um, made me think, oh well, you know, he's a he's a bit um, um, of a lad, or he's a bit, you know, whatever. He just seemed like a very normal fella really so I thought oh well maybe not maybe he's okay after all that's lovely so well done Colin for persevering then yes and when did you start thinking about um having children pretty soon on actually because um I was 43 when we met he was a year older he'd never had kids um he'd just never sort of found the right person that he wanted to have a family with and um I'd got too much older children so I thought you know I was done in dusted in that department um but you know after probably about six months we he brought it up first of all um and I just found that I'd surprised myself really by actually even considering it because you know I've got my son got my daughter they're teenagers um and here I am considering the possibility of going back to bottles and nappies um so yeah it was a bit I surprised myself really um and how was it um how how was did you manage to get pregnant quite quickly or um um on uh, well I'd managed to get pregnant I think after about 12 months um I think you know, obviously I was older then as well, so things can take a bit longer. Um, and, um, yeah, it was about 12 months when I fell pregnant, um, which um, ended in a miscarriage at about 11 weeks. So, yeah, bit, well, more more than a bit. It was, it was really, because I'd never had anything like that before. I just had my children in my 20s, never experienced loss and 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 then it happened so yeah pretty crushing um and um just unexpected really because you know you're sort of getting to that 12 week mark where you kind of feel like you're in the safe zone um and it wasn't to be so um so that was in the april when we had the uh, miscarriage and luckily I became pregnant pretty soon afterwards and was pregnant again by June so that resulted in Marnie yes so can you talk to us about um, Marnie's pregnancy Uh just take a slurp of tea um so um so obviously we were thrilled to be pregnant again, but obviously when you've had a loss like that, you really do feel um, very um, uneasy because you think, well, it might happen again. Um, so we had a reassurance scan, I think, at about nine weeks. And, um, still quite late. That's, that's, that's still quite, I don't know. I've had um, three losses, and if I had to wait till nine weeks, I think I would have been... Yeah, so I I I think I don't know if they were reluctant to, you know, give me one. I know I 
I do remember having to sort of be quite persistent. Um, it's like a lot of things these days. You, everything seems to be a bit of a battle. But anyway, we did we did have that reassurance scan, and we did feel reassured afterwards. She was just like a little gummy bear, I called her, little arm buds of arm and leg buds, and just you know tiny and most importantly a beating heart so so that was that we thought brilliant you know everything's good and then we had the 12 week scan um and then you know that's when it became clear at that scan that um there could be something you know not quite right um so was that from the, her fold or what what was the um yes it was really it was it was quite a high reading of 6.1 um which is way off the sort of average sort of range um and um so somebody else was brought in to sort of um have a look as well like a second opinion <clears throat> and um yeah, it was just re- a really sort of uneasy feeling, and um, I I didn't have a clue what was what this was about or what it meant, and obviously Colin didn't either. And um, and then they said, you know, we're we're concerned about the high reading, um, which could end indicate um, um, a chromosomal abnormality. Um, and then we were sort of taken into a separate room afterwards um, to do some blood tests, and uh, they took they took the blood. I think it was on, I think it was on a um, a Tuesday because I remember we were going away on the Friday. We were going away for a short break um, to Croatia, so they said, you know. You can either have the results when you get back or we can give them to you while you're out there. It's up to you. So I wanted to know as soon as possible. So I said, yeah, let's let's have them when we're out there. Um, so, yeah, I remember being in Croatia and, you know, what what should have been a short break with you know, just feeling happy and content that, you know, everything seems to be okay with the baby. It was, it was just like, you know, a bit of a black cloud hanging over us, waiting for that call just to not find, not, you you know, at that time, it wouldn't have given us a definite result. It would have given us the chances of um, the other two trisomies as well, which are trisomy, um 13 and trisomy 18 which are edwards syndrome and patel syndrome and of course down syndrome is um t21 um so one afternoon we were in a lovely restaurant overlooking the harbor having a um lovely meal and then and then the phone rang and obviously i knew what it was what this phone call was about um answered the phone and um it was the screening midwife with our um 
with our results. And I uh, just remember, you know, it was so, so busy in the restaurant. I just remember feeling like I was the only one in there at the time. It just, I just, everything just seemed to go quiet and I sort of blocked everything out. And um, she, she read these results to me over the phone and um, I just couldn't take it in what she was saying. So I remember asking the waitress for a pen and paper and I, I, cause I just had to have it sort of written down in black and white. So I could, cause I just think as soon as I put the phone down, otherwise it would have just left my head. Um, so I just needed to write it down. Um, so she came over with a pen and paper um, and then, and then I sort of, it's almost like I sort of came to again, cause I just sort of looked up and realized that everyone seemed to be looking at me. Um, so anyway, she gave me the results, which was uh, one in two chance of Down syndrome, one in seven for Edwards and one in 13 for Patel syndrome. So they're all quite high. Um, so so that was that really we we i think we had one or two days left and then we um had to decide what to do with that next you know um and we decided to go for the invasive testing of uh, cvs where um you know they can give you a definitive answer then as to um what condition your baby has so when we got back, that was arranged and um, that's um, a procedure where the needle is inserted and um, some cells are taken from the placenta. And um, that is the only way that you're going to get a clear cut answer. Um, How many weeks were you when you had the CBS? Um, I was nearly 14 weeks. Um, and there is a 1% chance of miscarriage with that. So, um, you know, I decided to um, take that chance um, because I thought, you know, if I, I just thought I need to know. I need to know. Um, so I have to have this test. And if I'm the 1% who falls into the category of losing the pregnancy then I just have to deal with that and think well it obviously wasn't meant to be again but if everything's okay I'll think to myself well this baby wants to be here um that's the way I was kind of looking at it so we um went along and had that uh, I think two or three days later we received the phone call with the um, confirmation that um, our baby did have Down syndrome, which was the hugest relief, to be honest, because that's what I was hoping for. Because even though um, a lot of the time the other two conditions are um, sometimes called incompatible with life, I do know just by being on Instagram that there are families who have children with these conditions and they, they are, they are living. Um, so, you know, incompatible with life 
does sound like, well, obviously it's not going to survive for pregnancy or they might just die after, you know, a couple of months or something. But, you know, it can, it can mean it doesn't have to be like that, but obviously their needs are a lot greater. And um, for me personally, as a woman who, um, you know, can, you know, has the right to choose that for me, that wouldn't have been a choice, but for me, down syndrome was um, something that we could do together as a family. And what sort of counselling were you given um, after the diagnosis? Um, I, I, I wasn't really offered any, to be honest. Um, and um, all I was given was an out-of-date leaflet, um, which, you know, didn't show the reality of Down syndrome today, it looked like it was from the 70s or 80s, to be honest. And for somebody who, because I knew I was going to continue this pregnancy, um, you know, I, I sort of, um, even though the leaflet wasn't any use to me and it was outdated, for somebody who was perhaps feeling a bit undecided just to receive, you know, a really out of date leaflet and no um no support you know their their decision they they could have um made a different decision uh, you know but if they'd been given the right support and up to date information then they could have made you know the same decision we had so you know my my point is that sometimes not all hospitals, but some hospitals still have to get that right Absolutely. about how they how they deliver the news and how they um, support the mum to be, you know, after her diagnosis. So, were you not given any information about um, like medical conditions which can go alongside Downs? Or I was I, I was given the out of date leaflet and also given. Um, a website or um, it was called ARC, yeah. which um, which um, again it, it when I looked looked them up it was um, supporting it was mainly offering support to women who've decided to have a termination, um, which you know that wasn't what I wanted to do. So, but since, you know, as, as time has gone on and I'm sort of three and a half years into my journey, even in that short space of time, I'm glad to say um, I can see differences already. And what about you and Colin? Was there ever, um, did you both always know that you wanted to continue with the pregnancy? He was, a, he had a few more reservations. Um, and I think that's sometimes quite common for the man because, you know, I don't think they really become a father until the baby is born. Um, whereas the mother, you know, you, you, for me personally, you know, as soon as I see a positive pregnancy test, that's, that's it, you know, and 
you you're, you're growing the baby inside you, aren't you? So you 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 feel like the mother already. Um, so I think you know he 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 came round to the idea because I think he um, drew off my sort of positivity. And what was his reservations in the beginning? Um, I think he just. You know, he 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 just thought, well, this this wasn't what I was expecting, um, and you know, this. I think I think because because of the way sometimes Down syndrome is portrayed, he he thought it was going to be, you know, his 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 life was probably going to be over because of it or or not happy because of it um but you know and that's that's quite common I think you know that's why that's why people do feel you know these feelings because it's you know even though there's been a lot of um, positive changes there's still there's still work to do so people get this unexpected news and just just think it, it must be the worst thing ever. And how about the rest of your pregnancy? What, what extra support were you given throughout the pregnancy? Um, I had, I had a lot more scans um, um, because I think about 50% of babies with Down syndrome could have um, heart problems. Um, we were lucky that we don't have any heart problems with Marnie, but, Still, they they wanted to um, you know make sure that was the same going forward. Um, and um, yeah, I just I just I just think um, you know when there's a known diagnosis like that, they they just monitor you a bit more closely. Um, and because of my age as well, I suppose. Um, so I think just extra scans. That's mainly um, the difference that there was in this pregnancy compared to my other two. And did you tell your friends and family um, about the diagnosis when you were still pregnant? Yes. Um, for us, I think rather than, um, you know, because we both know a lot of people between us, um, rather than say to people individually what was going on, we we both kind of decided the best way for us to do it would be to create a post and um, just like people do with their pregnancies, you know, announce their pregnancy, but, you know, obviously saying that um, we found out um, our baby is going to be um, born with a little extra as well. And how was that received? Oh, it was mind-blowing really it was just you know better better than we could have imagined loads and loads of positive comments and support and yeah just really really lovely brilliant and can you talk about Marnie's birth how did that go um very straightforward um no complications she arrived at 39 plus four weeks um and um it was it was just 
quite quick, about seven hours from start to finish. Um, and I had gas and air and, and that was, that was it. No other pain relief. Um, so yeah, probably textbook pregnancy to textbook birth. And what was it like when you first met Marnie? Oh, very emotional. Absolutely sort of overwhelmed with, well, I think also, you know, you would probably appreciate this when you experience loss and then you have your baby in your arms. It's like no other feeling. And can you talk to us about life with, with Marnie? She's, so she's three and a half now. Yes, yeah, she's three and a half, um, and she attends mainstream preschool, which she absolutely loves. Um, she's probably one of the most popular little girls there. Um, she, um, oh, she's she's done quite a lot in her little life so far. She's um, she was. Uh, Last year, she was scouted and um, joined a model agency. Um, she's just started a new um, started with a new agency um, recently, and she, at the moment, I think she's on the JoJo Mammon Baby website and catalogue because she modelled for them. Um, she's just a very happy easygoing, um, popular, bright little girl. How do you feel about companies, um, like clothing companies and things, wanting money on, on their books? Well, I, I just think it's great that, you know, Marnie and lots of other children um, with differences are being used um, and, you know, showing society that um you know differences are there to be celebrated and you know diversity is um really important um this just wouldn't have happened back in the 80s you know it's um showing that um the world really are becoming it's becoming more inclusive um which which is positive, you know. It's 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 a step in the right direction, um, and how it should be really. And regarding money going to to mainstream school, was was that um, was that an easy step to take, or did you have to um, apply in a different way or fight for that position? Um, no, I, I everything so far has just been the same as it would be anyway um so for her her preschool she's actually quite lucky because my sister-in-law manages two preschools so um um Marnie goes to one of those and it's just lovely that somebody who's known her from birth um can be there for her first stage of education um and you know, next September when she starts school, obviously that will be a little bit different because you have to sort of um, um, go through the um, 
EHCP process, which enables your child to um, the right support when they're in school. Um, so we're, we're going to have to do that. So that will be different for us. But at preschool, she she's she doesn't need a one to one there. Um, not all the time. You know, there might be certain times where she needs it. But um, obviously school is a little bit different and you need a bit more support in place. So um, so that's that's what will be happening. And will that be funded by your local council? I think so, yes. It's all a bit of a minefield for me because I've never had to sort of do anything like this before. So I'm 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 sort of starting this process um and um hoping that it's all gonna, you know, go to plan and that I'm doing everything correctly. Um but everything always has a way of working itself out. So I'm sure that's gonna be the case on this occasion as well. Is there um is there a, a good support network within the Down syndrome community? There is now, yes. As I mentioned earlier, even since the uh, you know three and a half years that Marnie's been around, um, I've noticed changes. Um, and um, for example, there is a um, Facebook group called Great Expectations. And that is um, for mums who have a known diagnosis of uh, Down syndrome for their baby or a high chance. So they can join the group. I'm one of the admin in the group. And it means that they can um, be supported, um, have up-to-date information, um, listen to the lived experience from people like me or other admin members. So their their fears or their worries, because mainly it's fear of the unknown for lots of people. So they can be part of this and it's, you know, non-judgmental. It, it's just for people who've had a diagnosis or have a high chance to feel, yeah, just supported and, you know, get the information that they need to make an informed choice going forwards. That's excellent. And what's Marnie's relationship like with your older children? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, my my um, son doesn't see her that much because he lives in Leeds. Um, but, you know, she, she knows that... He's her big brother and, you know, when he does come down, they, they they get on like house on fire. And my daughter, who's 21, she's just like a second mum to her, really. She, she they, they just adore each other. And is there any, anything you would like to say to the listeners, anything you'd like to get across? Um... What do you mean about if if they if they were concerned about Down syndrome? About your experience or anything about Down syndrome? Yeah, so I'd probably just say, um, you know, just just don't be afraid, really. But um, find um, your right support network because you know, like I said, it, it's out there now for people who. Um, 
need it and um you know speak to people who you know have lived experience of this you know if you if you're just if you're just handed a out of date leaflet and just um signposted to a group that helps people who've had a termination that is really just showing that's 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 not showing you the reality and it's not a balanced kind of um um viewpoint for you you need you you know if you're unsure if you're scared you just need to feel supported with um people who living the life now and um will give you balanced up-to-date information and signpost you to the right um you know support groups um where you can you know make your own choice um and yeah i i would just say that there really isn't anything to fear not not at all you know down syndrome is you know a natural occurring condition it's been happening since the beginning of time um and yeah just you know if if you feel if you feel worried there is help out there um and oh god i was just going to say something really important then it's just gone out my head doubled up on questions say it in the second question which is basically the same as the one I've just asked <laughs> um I just wanted to um also ask um what do you think is one of the most common misconceptions about people with down syndrome um oh that's a tricky one um I think sometimes you know pe- people think they're always happy they they sort of say oh they're always happy aren't they well no, they they have a range of emotions, just just like everybody else. Um, but you know, saying that, um, you know, along my journey so far, I I do pick up lots of facts and information. And um, we've just come out of Down Syndrome Awareness Month, actually, which was for the whole of October, and um, we um, shared a lot of. Um, facts and information throughout the month and um one of them was um 96 percent of people with down syndrome are happy with who they are um and i think i think that's great because that's something we could all well exactly you know <laughs> i think i think um we could take a leaf out of their book in that situation um so yeah, then they're not always happy. Um, you know, they're. I think sometimes people um, just kind of put them in some sort of box and think, yeah, they're they're always happy. They're so loving. They're this. They're that. They're. You know, if you if you've met one person with Down syndrome, you've met one person with Down syndrome basically because they're just as different as everybody else that's really important and um if you could have coffee with any woman alive dead famous fictional who would that be and why i would choose um princess diana um 
And I would choose her probably because I remember when she got married, I was about seven years old back in 1981. And we were allowed to watch the wedding at school. Um, And I just remember being mesmerized by this beautiful princess. And um, then after that, I was just hooked. I had scrapbooks filled with newspaper cuttings and things like that. And I just grew up with her, really, you know, because um, she was obviously a massive public figure and always in the newspaper, on the TV. And then as she as she grew older and I grew older, I, I thought I thought she was. Um, she brought a human touch to the royal family. And of course, you know, when she tragically died, the, you know, outpouring of grief and emotion across the whole world, I just think, you know, what an iconic woman who was um, underneath it all, very, very normal and down to earth. And I think, I think, you know, she, she just wanted to be loved. And I don't think she really got that. I think there's a um, a new film coming out with her, isn't it? Is it Kirsten? Yes. Yes. I think, is it called The Spencers or something? I'd really like to see it. Anyway, I know which one you're talking about. So, yeah, I'd love I'd love to have coffee with her because, you know, I, I think she's got a wicked, or she had, a wicked sense of humour as well. Um, and she was down to earth, funny, beautiful inside and out and just an icon thank you and um sorry this is where i think i've doubled up slightly on my questions if there was one piece of advice that you could share with with others um or one top tip or anything considering your journey so far what would that be um i would just say just take your baby home and just love it just just like any other baby because all the needs are the same um and yeah just just be prepared for um an overwhelming fierce love that you've never felt before um you know obviously i've got two other children who i love dearly but yeah it's just just different kind of love and um yeah just don't be afraid find you know find your tribe and yeah don't think too far ahead live in the moment that's amazing Sarah thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and if people wanted to find you how could they do that okay so um we are on instagram and um the handle is sarah and marnie um so yeah, that's that's probably the main um, way of finding us, I think. Thank you very, very, very much. Um, and um, yeah, have a great day. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for letting us have this opportunity. My pleasure is all mine, absolutely. Take care. Thank you, bye. Thank you so much to Sarah for sharing a little bit of your life with Marnie with us. We spoke more after recording about the importance of changing the language around delivering news 
about how the bearer of the news should not predict, presume or influence how the parents will accept any diagnosis. A lesson I think we can all learn from in all aspects of life. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me next week. Bye.